Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 35. In this episode, we are going to listen to a webinar recording that was prepared in lieu of this year's Love Like Christ Men's Retreat. The theme this year was The Mature Man. In this session, Sam Moore is the moderator and is joined by Brian Joyce and Dr. Jim Rennie. Though the questions discussed relate specifically to men and fathers, there are great points shared for everyone. This is part one. Episode 36 will have the conclusion. We hope to incorporate panel discussions like this from time to time to provide some level of variety with our episodes. We trust you will find this a real blessing. You can watch this webinar at www.lovelikechrist.ca. Welcome and thank you for watching the Love Like Christ webinar. As most of you know, due to the circumstances of COVID-19, our annual retreat um, has been canceled. We thought about doing a Zoom webinar in a long digital format, but decided that this would not be able to convey the personable fellowship-filled environment that we have, that we believe the Love Like Christ has done so well in the past. In place of this, we've decided on a short webinar to outline some relevant questions, not only to this time in our world, but also to the theme from this year's retreat, which was the mature man. With us today, we have Brian Joyce, who is an evangelist in the greater Toronto area. And as well, we have Dr. Jim Rennie, who is a medical doctor, but has also specialized in Christian counseling for the past 30 years. Now, I will allow both of them to introduce themselves in more detail, but before we do that and dive into the questions, I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Rennie if you would please open in prayer. Father, we thank you for every opportunity to declare your word. We pray that you would bless us as we discuss issues of importance, that men might be encouraged and strengthened through this dialogue. We pray for protection from evil. We pray for your Holy Spirit to give strength and guidance and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Brian, if you want to start, just give a, a brief bio of who you are and, and um, how the Lord's been using you and, and what you'd like people to know about you. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I was born and raised in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Don't hold that against me. Uh, my parents left, New, uh, left Ontario in 1950 to serve the Lord uh, in Newfoundland. And uh, the Lord saved me at, at age 14. And basically from that point onward, planted a desire in my heart uh, to see souls saved. In 1992, I met the love of my life, Rachel. Uh, and in 1996, we were commended to the work of the gospel. Uh, we served in various places in Newfoundland before moving to uh, the GTA in 2004 with our three children, and then Abigail was born in 05. Langstaff uh, Assembly has been our home church. We, uh, we are involved in the spread of the gospel and in teaching uh, in our area here and in other places when we get uh, an invitation. Rachel she continues with her work in ministering to sisters. Uh, just to add to what uh, you said, Sam, the Love Like Christ men's event started back a number of years ago with the purpose of providing an enjoyable day of teaching, fellowship, prayer, and fun that would focus on the needs of men. 
each year the numbers have been growing. And unfortunately, this year had to be canceled because of uh, COVID-19 restrictions. We were really anticipating having Dr. Rennie join us for the day, uh, but that will have to wait for another year, Lord willing. Thankfully, he has uh, agreed to be with us for this uh, Zoom call today. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, and yeah, definitely, we are very thankful to have you, Dr. Rennie. So if you want to just take some time and introduce yourself as well, that'd be great. Well, thank you for this opportunity to share with you in the Word. And uh, I was looking to uh, go and, and be with you at the barn. I've heard about the barn and how wonderful it is. And, uh, and yet, to, we'll have to save that for another time. Uh, I was raised in uh, Windsor, Ontario, at an assembly there. Great uh, uh, family, mother, father, Christians. Had a large family, three of whom became missionaries, including myself. Uh, went to uh, University of Toronto, uh, the, uh, the medical school there, and uh, graduated in 1970. In, in 1973, my wife and I, Kathy, went to the mission field, to Chitokoloki Mission Hospital, where we served the Lord there for 14 years. And uh, I could mention missionaries' names that were probably, are probably known to, to many of you. But uh, we came back in 1987, and uh, uh, I didn't know what uh, the Lord had in store for me, but by 1988, and, uh, it became more and more obvious that general practice was not uh, the way to go, and, and uh, people came to me for counseling as a medical doctor, and I had very little to share with them, so I had to learn. And uh, I started to pray and share with my patients until uh, finally in 1990, the practice was uh, quite full of uh, people needing counsel, so I went full-time in, in counseling and psychotherapy, and for the last 30 years, that's what I've been doing. It's Bible-based, it's, it's faith-based. I have my Bible on my desk, and I use it uh, every time, and uh, uh, God's uh, blessed through, uh, through that opportunity. Uh, have uh, three children. Uh, have uh, 11 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. So the Lord has also blessed in that department as well. Also, also I attend Oak Ridge Bible Chapel in, uh, in Oakville. Perfect. Thank you very much, Dr. Rennie. That's great. Um, great to know the two of you a little bit more, and hopefully that gives our audience some context. Um, for context to how this call will, will go, this webinar, I will just simply be moderating. We have five questions that we'll go through. The questions have been selected, as I said, that were relevant not only to this time that we face as families, churches, and as a world, a population, but also to the, the theme of this year that was the mature man. And so I'll simply be reading the questions, one through five, and we'll go back and forth between Brian and Dr. Rennie. And hopefully by answering these questions, we may, um, from it, get a little bit more discussion, but hopefully we'll bless all of you who are watching and you'll be able to take away um, something from it, take it back home and back to your church and, and wherever the Lord has you. And so we'll start with the first question here. Uh, the first question is, what is the greatest challenge facing Christian fathers during COVID-19? And we'll start with you, Dr. Rennie. 
I think the greatest challenge is spiritual leadership. The reason why I say that is that uh, during uh, COVID-19, we've been forced back into our homes and uh, uh, we're socializing with few other people except the basic family unit. Uh, there are other means of providing government and leadership for a man uh, when we're not in this isolated situation. For instance, uh, he can trust the, the elders at the church for some leadership. Uh, he can trust uh, his wife to provide leadership. When he goes off to work, uh, hopefully he, he delegates uh, that uh, responsibility of leadership to his wife to be able to manage the children and uh, takes it up again when he comes home, but he's away for large chunks of time. And uh, then there's school and there's a, there's a, a civil leadership there and uh, there's Sunday school and there's camps and all sorts of uh, places where children can be under a government that's other than, than the father. But when we're in a COVID-19 situation and we're kind of holed up in our homes, the father is the one who needs to take the, the leadership. And now it's kind of a 24-7 leadership. And so he needs to be a faithful man to do that. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 4 that a man needs to manage his family well. And uh, I, I talked about uh, delegating authority to his wife. And that's a good thing to do when he's not in the home. But we must never relegate the authority. We, we must never give it up. Uh, to our wife or or just nobody does it because homes that are like that end up to be chaotic homes without without godly government so a man needs to be uh, faithful to the lord in order to govern his home god will give him grace uh, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord uh, so uh, fathers get on your knees and and take up that challenge to to leadership Thank you, Doctor. Any any additional thoughts on that, Brian? Yes. Um, when you compare Scripture with Scripture, God's Word teaches that that headship is godly servant leadership. The man lovingly and humbly leading for the purpose of healthy relationships and the thriving of character. That's my definition of headship. Godly servant leadership. The man lovingly and humbly leading for the purpose of healthy relationships and the thriving of character. And so this is the, this is the responsibility of fathers. We lead by example, we serve in humility, we, we discipline or, or train in tenderness, and we raise in love. While the responsibility, as Dr. Rennie has said, uh, of leadership is on the shoulders of, of the father, we, we partner with our wives in the home. It is, a, it is a team effort. In fact, one of the most important aspects of leadership in the home is, is, uni is the unity that exists between the father and mother, the husband and wife. A few dangers that I foresee in a time of crisis and continual isolation like we're going through 
is that of becoming frustrated, uh, interacting out of exasperation, being overbearing on our, uh, in our expectations, maybe especially towards younger children. But I'll just add this, uh, just a couple of leadership qualities. Number one, vision for the future, compassion in training, living by example, and endurance in difficult times. And our Heavenly Father is, of course, the best of all fathers. His purposes, his ways, his characteristics, his desires are all worth emulating. That's good. Thanks, Brian. I guess at a, a time like this, like you mentioned, Dr. Rennie, where most of us are home more. Um, and although that will be a time that would highlight anything lacking, it's definitely a time where we can take advantage of, of the time that we do have. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts. The second question here, moving right along, is the following. What tools do you suggest for men seeking maturity in dealing on one hand with extra downtime, while on the other hand, facing extra pressures due to financial stress, isolation, altered family roles, staying occupied, etc. And so kind of a follow up from where we ended on the last one. What tools do you suggest? And we'll start here with Ryan. Okay, first of all, um, you may have noticed from the website or from just from what Sam has, how he's introduced that the theme of our teaching this year was to be on maturity, the maturity of the man. If you check the dictionary, uh, the word maturity means um, to be developed fully, most often in a physical sense. When you come to the Bible, the believer is in the process of becoming mature. It is a lifelong process. It, it's, it, is, um, it is what I would call growth and transformation, not perfection. It involves mistakes and failure, but most importantly, learning from them. My theme verse would have been for this year, uh, Ephesians 4.13. And, and it tells us the reason God is building his church. This is what it says. That we might all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow. That, I mean, that verse is packed. Uh, I'll just read it again so we don't miss the weight of it, or at least part of it, that we might attain to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants us to reach our potential, and that requires inward development. He wants us to grow, to become more like the Lord Jesus. And so the, the process of Maturity is not a clean, linear, uh, rising line to perfection. This journey of life has ups and downs and hills and valleys, unexpected turns. And, and the line to maturity is it has an upward trend, but it also has seasons of greater growth than others, like a child growing physically. 
Maturity is most often developed in times of trial. Now, sorry for the long intro, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the question now. Um, what, what, what I would like to say is this, I have three goals and, and, uh, and a few suggested tools because that's uh, what the question is asking. What tools do you suggest for, uh, for men seeking maturity? So I'll give you the goal and then uh, a couple of tools. First goal, keeping a proper focus. Keeping God and Christ at the center of your life. How do you do that? What would be some tools to, to help in that goal? Number one, establishing a good routine, um, making good habits, uh, possibly using um, uh, an app on, on a phone to, uh, to remind you or, or to assist in, in reading or studying the scripture. Goal number two, creating a positive atmosphere. In other words, having fun in difficult times. A tool or tools for this might be uh, doing activities with your wife and children, cooking and baking together, playing games and maybe watching movies together, praying and singing together. Third goal is maintaining good communication. Being there and listening and talking and uh, the tool that I have for this is, well, it may sound old-fashioned, but uh, maybe just having a meal together, a daily family meal together. Because at a time like that, you're able to converse and talk and ask questions and discuss and debate, and, and it's just an excellent time to do that. So that's all I have on that question. That's great. Well... Uh, finishing this call, I got to hop on the barbecue and, and get, uh, get a nice meal cooked up. So I'll take that tool and put it right into practice. Dr. Rennie, any, any further thoughts on that question? Yeah, I think uh, all of those are good uh, tools that uh, Brian has suggested. I would add one more, and that is discipline. Uh, once again, when, uh, when we have a situation like COVID-19, uh, there are other uh, external pressures that create uh, a discipline to our lives. The, the discipline of having to get up and go to work, for instance, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, the discipline of uh, appointments through the week, and all of those are curtailed. So there is more downtime. There is more opportunity for doing those things that Brian has, has suggested. Uh, it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, uh, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, discipline is, uh, uh, is it's almost a, a dirty word in, in, in many people's minds because it smacks of uh, hard work. And it is uh, a very, uh, uh, it, it, it is stressful to create a discipline in your life. Uh, to create a new habit is, is stressful. The old habits, just we just kind of roll into them, uh, like brushing your teeth in the morning. Nobody, it's not a discipline because you just do it. But a discipline of uh, sharing God's word with your children is so very important. And uh, 
For some men, that is, they're very uncomfortable doing that. Or the discipline of praying with your wife. That is, that is so important to establish a spiritual unity first before any other unity. And uh, I remember at a men's conference some years ago, holding Christian men, and many of them senior Christian men, and, and asking them, do you have a daily prayer time where you share prayer with your wife? Uh, out of the men there, only 40% could say that they have a regular prayer time with their wife. And that is, uh, that is sad. That's a discipline that's lacking. That, that, and then we fail to create the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that, that the book of Ephesians talks to us about. So I'm, I'm going to say that discipline is one of the big ones. And uh, it's time during this uh, uh, time of, of uh, uh, social uh, distancing and uh, perhaps more time on your hand because you're off work to institute some of those disciplines and fill the time with good things, as Brian has been elucidating for us. Thank you, Dr. Rennie. Uh, very true, challenging uh, words. So thank you both, Brian and Dr. Rennie. This third question is, is more of a practical question, um, and it can be applied in a specific sense to you or in a general sense. Um, to your church or to the Christian community, but the question is, how have you been affected by the lack of physically gathering with your church? And we'll start with you, Dr. Rennie. You go ahead. I miss the times of worship the most. Uh, you can make up for a lack of uh, Bible teaching at the assembly by going online to uh, various Bible teachers, and there are some wonderful Bible, te Bible teachers online. Uh, you can, you can uh, have uh, a great deal of, of, of biblical instruction while you're at home. And, and yet, uh, when I listen to worship songs on the, on the internet, uh, it, it just doesn't do it for me, like being with my brothers and sisters in the assembly and, and singing with them together. Uh, so when it comes to what I miss the most, I miss worship and I miss hearing the prayers of my, of my brothers and I miss singing together. It's that, it's that uh, communion of, of spirits that we get at, uh, in the assembly when we worship together. That's what I miss uh, the most. What do you miss, Brian? Well, I, I, yeah, I think what you're, uh everything that you mentioned is true. And, and I guess for me personally, just being separated from my local church, um, it has developed an immense appreciation mm. for them uh, and a thankfulness that I think I have taken for granted for, for a long time. And like we often say that you don't oftentimes appreciate the value of something until it is missed or until it's taken away. And so it just, it was a, I guess it's just a good reminder to me that, that I need my brothers and sisters. Um, for some, this season can be a time also of, of rest and renewal. Um, I mean, life can, life is hectic and, and we live on, on the treadmill of, of rapid, busy activity. 
And so this has kind of forced us to stop. And um, not that I'm, I'm, I'm saying that we need to be reading our Bibles 24-7, uh, but, but the extra time that we have, we can spend more time reading and reflecting and meditating and renewing. And, and so I believe that, that this time where we're separated from our brothers and sisters um, can be a time for us to draw near to God and deepen our relationship with him so that when we get back, uh, we feel ready and, and rejuvenated. Uh, so uh, I am really looking forward to, uh, to getting back to just uh, a relative normal uh, physical gathering with the Lord's people again. Definitely. I say amen to that. Yes. I was going to say when we finally get back together, there'll be lots of hugging, but Maybe not right away. It might might take a little while for that to happen. <laughs> virtual, virtual hugs. <laughs> right. We'll have to figure out a, a new way to demonstrate the holy kiss. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs>